Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. Hello, and welcome back to The Leader's Notebook. I'm Mark Rutland. I'm the executive director of the National Institute of Christian Leadership and the founder of Global Servants. My son, Travis Rutland, is now the president of Global Servants and is doing a fantastic job. He oversees that work on multiple continents and multiple countries, more than 35 churches in West Africa, two girls' homes, one in northern Thailand and one in West Africa, both called House of Grace. And he is expanding those, building new buildings. I'm so proud of Travis' new leadership and vision for Global Servants and for the Houses of Grace. He also pastors Restoration Church in Bethlehem, Georgia. And I hope that you will look up his ministry as well. When I stepped away from being the president of Global Servants, the board of directors of Global Servants elected Travis as the president, and he agreed to accept And I've been delighted to turn that over to him and step out from under the leadership and management of that organization. And it allowed me to do the kinds of things that I really want to do, travel, preach, teach, write, teach the National Institute of Christian Leadership, write books, and do this podcast. And I'm glad that you've joined me. In the Leader's Notebook, we cover four things, life, leadership, relationships, and faith. And I hope that you will Tune in as often as possible to the Leader's Notebook. Now, on the last episode of the Leader's Notebook, we dealt with the the tension, if you will, between vision and mission. In other words, we talked about the confusion that can happen at the top of an organization that begins to overly emphasize mission at the expense or at the risk of minimizing vision that the organization becomes better and better about talking about and articulating its mission, but it slowly grinds, the pace falls down, it grinds to a halt because there's no forward thrust. There's no uh, momentum or energy in mission. That energy is in vision. Mission is what keeps an organization from fulfilling the wrong vision the wrong way. It's what I call a police statement. I don't mean the cops. I mean it polices, it presides over the downline vertical axis between mission and function. The sandbar at the top where leadership of organizations gets stuck is the confusion between mission and vision. If your organization is kind of slow down. It's not going anywhere, and you're not even sure where you're going. It may be because you've begun to emphasize and talk about and celebrate mission, and you have forgotten that the engine room for your organization is in vision. And your responsibility as the senior leader, chief executive officer, president, pastor, principal, whatever it is, your major responsibility is to formulate vision and articulate it. Now, just under that sandbar or reef, there's another reef where organizations grind to a halt. And that is the confusion between strategy and tactics. 
this is an this is a place where organizations find themselves doing more, working harder, but it doesn't seem to go anywhere. It doesn't seem to they just feel like they're spinning their wheels. That's because as mission will not fuel an organization forward, tactics is constantly involved in activity and not fulfilling vision. So what is the difference between tactics and strategy? Tactics are the short-term or medium-term responses to some kind of a need or crisis of some kind. Strategy is the comprehensive set of goals and plans, which if they are fulfilled, will further the vision. So here's an example. Let's suppose there's a a hostage crisis in downtown Atlanta near where I live. And uh, some uh, nutcases hold up in a hotel room with a, a woman and two kids, and he's threatening to kill them if he doesn't get a helicopter and a million dollars. So the police are out in the street trying to figure out how to handle this. How do they respond, react to this crisis? Should they negotiate? Should they lob a tear gas canister in the window and see if they can smoke him out? Should they just put a a sniper in the window across the street and see if they can bust a cap in his sorry hide? How How do they handle this crisis situation? That's all tactical. That's a tactical unit. Meanwhile, in the mayor's office across town, she's meeting with 35 clergy persons and the head of parks and recreation and the superintendent of schools and the chief of police, and they're trying to come up with a 10-year plan to reduce crime in Atlanta. That's strategy. That's the difference between tactics, handling a medium or short-range Crisis may be a hard word, but some kind of an immediate need of some kind. And then strategy, that is the development of goals, plans, ideas, which if they are fulfilled, will further the vision. So that strategy springs from and leads back to vision. Tactics springs from and deals with an immediate need. So here's what happens. I hate to say this, but many churches, very many churches and organizations, but churches seem to major in it, unfortunately, are all about tactics. They're constantly fixing something, responding to a need, and they never can seem to get moving forward. They never can seem to really get the vision moving. So here's how it works. Here's some pastor And his church, he's a good person, a a humble, loving pastor. He's in his study Sunday morning, getting ready to preach. He finishes his prayers, has his message in order. He tucks his Bible under his arm and leaves the pastor's study to head to the auditorium, the sanctuary, to deliver the word of God. And out in the hallway, somebody says, Pastor, the toilet in the women's bathroom is stopped up. And you know what he says to himself? I'm the humble man of God. I am a servant. I'm not too good to unstop toilets. So he sets his Bible down, finds a plumber's helper, goes in and opens the toilet in the women's bathroom. Now, why? Why does he do that? Because on the way home from church in his car, he says to himself, I don't know if this church moved any 
even one step forward toward his vision. I don't know if any lives were touched. I don't know if souls were changed. I don't know if marriages were healed. But bless God, I know one thing. The toilet in the women's bathroom works. Tactics, one of the reasons that people get get addicted to tactics is that it has an immediate payoff. It makes you feel good. You've fixed something. You've done something. The roof was leaking. Now it doesn't leak. The linoleum was cracked. Now the floor looks better. But that's all tactical. And it's just fixing an issue. When, when an organization begins to deal only with tactics, now here's the greater risk. It can happen at the board level, not just at management. It can happen at the board level. The crisis-addicted board, they, they feel meaning, self-explanation as a board and as individuals on the board. They find that sense of fulfillment and self-explanation by fixing stuff dealing with a crisis, and therefore, they can gradually become addicted to a crisis. Here's the great risk. If they go for a while without a crisis, the crisis-addicted board may actually create the crisis. They may need a crisis so bad to make them feel that they're fulfilling their role that the crisis may actually be self-generated subconsciously. At least, I hope it's self-conscious. Now, what does it mean? Crisis has to be dealt with. Tactics, the, the guy with the hostages, that has to be dealt with. But if the, if the mayor begins to think that she is only about fixing hostage crisis, she sits in her office feeling meaningless and purposeless until somebody calls up. We've got another hostage crisis. But what she wants to deal with, how can I move the city forward? How can I make the city better? How can I articulate vision? How can I lead vision forward? How do I assemble a sufficiently powerful guiding coalition in my office and on my team in order to propel that vision forward? Now, obviously, tactical issues have to be dealt with. You're the pastor of a church and the roof is leaking then you have to be able to sit down with the board and say, we have to fix this leak. But at the same time, I urge you, always say to them, the leak has to be fixed, but this is not what we do. This is not taking us anywhere. It's just responding to a crisis. We're going to do it. We're going to do it well. We have, to, we have to handle this with tactical excellence, but it's not what we do. If you lose track of that, the organization will find itself just spinning its wheels, working harder and harder and accomplishing nothing. So here are the first two sandbars, I call them, or confusions on the vertical axis between mission and function, where churches, businesses, organizations run aground. The first is between mission and vision. When the organization begins to emphasize mission at the risk or expense of vision, it gets really good at articulating its mission. The level of devotion to that mission may even go up. Our mission is to serve the greatest pies ever made in America to the, to the American family. 
Okay, great. But you can get better and better and better at that mission and not ever sell any more pies. Never open another store. Never expand your operation. Never develop new technology. So the energy that takes the business forward into being the greatest pie company in America is not vision. It's, it's vision. It's not mission. Mission is about making the best pie ever. Vision is about how many pies are we going to sell? How many stores are we going to open? How many customers are we going to gain? How big a market share of the pie-eating market of America can we get? That's where vision is. And that's where the energy of the organization is. So when the organization begins to develop lethargy at the top, it's usually because there's a confusion between mission and vision. But in the, in the middle part of the organization, when the people down below the top level of the senior executive and the board are feeling we're just working harder and harder and nothing is happening, it's not going forward, why aren't we growing? Why isn't our customer base growing? Why aren't we getting, why aren't we getting any closer to the vision? It's because they've settled, usually because they've settled in at the tactical level. They just keep fixing stuff and not at the, at the visionary level, at the strategic level. The risk at this level is frustration. That is to say, we just keep doing the same stuff fixing the same crises over and over and over again, and we're not making any progress. Energy is in vision. Progress is in strategy. Well, I hope that's useful for you. Let me take just a couple of minutes and invite you to go to thenicl.com, the National Institute of Christian Leadership. I hope that you'll join me. Bring your team and take part in an experience of teaching. We'll deal with things just like this the mission, function, vertical axis. We'll talk about uh, leadership and management and 21st century leadership, flex leadership on the chaos control horizontal continuum. We'll talk about budget. We'll talk about fundraising. We'll talk about debt acquisition and debt resolution, how to hire the right staff for the right things, and how to fire them. We'll be talking about board management, all of the practical realities that you may not have learned in graduate school. I hope that you'll join me, thenicl.com. Until then, I'm Mark Rutland, and thank you for joining me for The Leader's Notebook. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.